The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor football season, MyBookie is offering you up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets in your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is a leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN. If you're looking to protect your own online identity, just like me, hide your location and avoid local blackouts, check out ExpressVPN. We can sign up for three months free at expressvpn.com slash SGP. Inside Vegas podcast is back after a, uh, let's say, technical issue. Nobody accused us of being audio engineers, my friend, James Alberino. Joining me, as always, how was your Thanksgiving holiday, my friend? It was better than our uh, audio setup last week. <laughs> uh, it was good, man. A lot of food, a lot of alcohol, some good relaxing, but there was a ton of football on last week, man. How many Thanksgiving weekends do you get where there's 14 college football Friday games, so... Friday was pretty jam packed. I had a ton of leftovers. Yeah, and it's funny, bro. As as this kind of uh, show journey with us continues, I feel like we. Uh, I mean, I guess it's easy to say now that no one will ever hear the audio. Uh, a lot of good takes and, and a lot of good conversation, but it is what it is in this world, man. And let's dig into kind of what you know the week that was when it comes to betting news, uh, news around um, kind of everything and everything. I guess. Look, it's a betting show. It's inside Vegas, man. Let's talk about Josh Shaw appealing his suspension. Did basically um, he had a three-team parlay? God bless him. And uh, he had second half bucks against the Cardinals. Obviously, the team that he played for or was, I guess, playing for. Although he was on IR, which is being largely discounted by most media states out there. Um, What's your take on this, man? I don't even think we've really, really dug into this topic of a quote-unquote active NFL player uh, betting on games and specifically uh, a team that he's betting on or be, uh, playing on. The first thing I thought when I read this story was how did Caesars allow this bet and how did they allow his action? He wrote on the application at Caesars that he was a professional football player. What did he have? Hey, what, did he have a what do they think? I don't know if it was Mo. You have to. That's yeah, the only way. Do that you know how much he was bet? Yeah, I, I guess. I guess it's yeah exactly why you have to fill out your your occupation at that point. But I, I don't know. I guess at that point, like if Caesar sees that come in, like what's the point of asking for someone's occupation if if one of the occupations raises a red flag and you're still going to let the the bet come through? Obviously, they investigated it afterwards, but I just walked away from that and it was like I, I don't know how that cleared an account. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things like. Ew. Why do it? Uh, first of all, if you're an NFL player, you're an absolute idiot. If you have a mobile account in your name, I will say I've heard rumors that a, a prominent NBA player does have one in the uh, European markets in his own name. Uh, but this to me, uh, this is kind of world's dumbest criminals when it comes to betting, man, because basically unless you hit 300 to one, that's why you'll see a lot of 290, 299 to one in lower odds out there in the futures market. You don't have to 
basically pay taxes on it. The same way that if you win money at blackjack, you win 10 bucks, you're supposed to go fill out a 1099 and, and pay taxes on it. I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do, but this is the dumbest thing that you could possibly do if you're an NFL player on IR or not. I don't know how the legality of that works. I mean, obviously I guess I do now that he's suspended, but um, for himself to fill out paperwork like that and to not have a friend go up there and bet it for him is probably one of the dumbest things <laughs> I've ever heard in my life when it comes to betting. And it's so easy. Just just get someone to go to the book for you. I Like, I don't get it. Uh, man, you know, it's first of all, it's one of those things where he wasn't on, the, like he, he was in Vegas, right? When he placed the bet. So yeah. the Cardinals playing the Bucks. I mean, if he bit mo- if he bit mobily too, he would have had to be in Vegas. Yeah, it just it makes no sense as to really why anyone should care. That's like saying, is it illegal for like uh like locker room attendants and and all those guys to place bets on that on their own team, you think? I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think if you work for yeah, you work for an NFL organization, you cannot place a bet. This is why I get angry with this man, because that's where you're going to draw the line on quote unquote, that's insider trading. And I guess like on the gambling side, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like they would have honored his bet. They're not going to not pay him. So I guess it's just the NFL stance and that's their line, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, I don't know. I don't get it, man. All the power to the kid, truthfully, in in my eyes. But as a, as a IRDB, man, let's, let's talk about our next topic here. And that is PI calls are finally getting reversed, man. I want to let you, let you lead off on this because I know it's Ooh. it's absolutely maddening to you and, and you got your takes on this, so I'm going to give you the floor on it. But what do you think about it? Why is it happening now? Not, you know, more so now than than the uh, beginning of the season. I, dude, I can't stand this because well, up until two, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was there were only four calls out of 33 that were overturned uh, out of PI challenges that were overturned. And now the last couple of weeks you're seeing pass interferences overturned at key points in the game. And there was one in a Houston game a couple of weeks ago where there was a PI in, in the red zone gets overturned and you're watching the replays and how is this different from any other PI earlier in the season that hasn't been getting called? Like granted the ones that have been getting overturned are fair and legitimate. They have legitimate reasons for being overturned, but there have been so many in the beginning of this season that should have gotten overturned that the league didn't overturn that. It's like, well, why now? Why we're, we're in week th- now we're going on to week 14. Like, why is it happening now? And it, it you know when the playoffs come around in a couple of weeks, it's like I can't even imagine what's going to go on with some of these big calls. It's it's chaos. There's literally no fucking order whatsoever, and you're, you're going to have some crazy calls deciding some of these important games. As always, I go back and forth on it, man. Like the calls that were overturned, are they any more egregious? Like it, it, it I don't. I feel like it's this was a trial year. They were doing it right. It's not. It's not like set in stone. I think this was it was a trial year, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's set in stone for this year. Like a trial should be all right. I, I try. We tried it out for a month. Like, no, you you're can't still change gonna it have to. Wait, you know, that would fuck everybody. Like it, it's it's still affect. No matter what happens, if they go away with it after 2019, 2020, either way, this is affecting this season right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for getting calls right, but I guess it's the human aspect that uh, it's a judgment call. I don't know. Like you're trying to apply subjectively what words and sentences tell you is PI, but in the heat of a moment, did he, like everything is subjective. I, I think it just needs to be called in real time. And I, I, it, 
Oh, man, it's not black and white. Baseball or replay, it's great because either... I was just going to say this. He's either safe or he's out. Well, P.I. is subjective. Well, I thought you were going to go the route of if an umpire is calling pitches a certain way. Like, if the umpire is not calling the outside corner in the first three innings, he can't start calling that outside corner in the fourth. And that's exactly what's happening in the NFL is now you've had, you have coaches that have been programmed right now to say, well, what's the point of me challenging this? I know I'm going to lose this pass interference call. So I'm just going to keep the red flag in my pocket. And now it's like, wait, maybe I should throw it. Like it's the, the lack of consistency is just insane. Yeah, it does. I get that. And you'll hear that in baseball broadcasts. You know, they don't care what your strike zone is. Just be consistent with both sides in the whole game. And nobody has a real issue with it either way. So baseball is just a little bit different when you're talking. I get the balls and strikes argument. But when you're talking about safe or out, either he got there before the tag, it was a tie or he didn't. So it's a little bit easier. You know, the baseline thing with Trey Turner that came up, probably one of the most uh, closely kind of parallel that you could draw to that being subjective on how far is he able to be out. Um, it's just, it's one of those things like, you know, if the rule book says you can't impede him, well, if the DB has just the right to the ball as an offense, it's just, you're trying to make something that is inherently subjective, subjective. It's not going to work for anybody. Stick with the call on the field in my book. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to. It's just a lot of referees are, are very good at getting the call right on the field. Um, wrapping up NFL, man, truthfully, not, I mean, in my book, at least not that much to talk about. We do have, uh, one coach down. He wasn't the first coach fired. Was he? Holy shit. I just, I just thought about that. No, it was Ron yeah, Rivera. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good coach to get fired first. Uh, do you know what his, uh, odds were preseason? I don't, you know, I don't track odds like that. I, I should more often, but no, I don't know. I, I did not see him getting fired this year, though, especially, you know, with, with quarterback change midseason. Uh, I'm really surprised with how Carolina's season ended up coming about. I mean, the team lives and dies by Newton, despite the stats being put up by McCaffrey. Um, that's a weird one, though. Truthfully, I, this Carolina situation pretty much happened with Tomlin, but Tomlin, who I took a little stab on, I think at like 12 to 1, as first coach fired. And as soon as Ben went down, I thought, man, that's dead because inherently you have that built in excuse. Didn't, doesn't Ron Rivera have that same excuse of Newton not being there? No, because it's, it's more on the defensive side, like Carolina's defense. This started out with them getting gashed in the run game in the first half of the season. And now their pass defense is, is getting beat up and, it's like, well, nothing's really gone on on the defensive side of the ball. That shouldn't be anything. And then Kyle Allen, because he's regressed so much. I mean, there was a game, I think, two weeks ago, he threw four interceptions versus the Falcons. So it was a combination of things. And who knows what was going inside of the locker room with them saying, okay, well, we're going in a different direction in terms of uh, is Kyle Allen going to be our starting quarterback? Are we going to draft somebody next year? Ron Rivera is more on the defensive side. Uh it, you know, they may want more of an offensive mind there. So a couple of factors just lined up and, and led to him being let go. You, uh, what a segue you just gave me, man. Offensive mind there. Mo- uh, many reports, many news outlets out there have said that Carolina has their eyes on Josh McDaniels. What's your take on McDaniels? You know, he's already failed with being a head coach in Denver and, you know, for some coaches, that works out for them where, where they, they mess up. Uh, you know, they have a bad stint and then their second stint, they get better at it. I personally think that he is better as an offense coordinator. Um, 
I don't know, man. Whenever when I was following him in Denver, like he was very intense. He was not someone. Yeah, it seems like he struggles with the same thing that Matt Patricia does in Detroit, like where he's too hard on the guys and it's it's too much of that Patriots culture. They try to instill what Belichick has done in New England and it doesn't it, it doesn't work with with a new culture and and you know, new roster. So I don't know. I think he's a great offensive mind, but I'm not sold on him as a head coach. Grass is always greener and <clears throat> I don't know why anyone it what where who's the most successful coach from the Belichick tree? I guess at this point we'd say Bill O'Brien, right? Yeah, has to be. <laughs> I yeah. mean, what does that tell you? Exactly, <laughs> man. Stay with the Patriots organization and, and keep the paychecks up in Boston. That's what I mean, man. I, I really don't get it. Like, it's like being the backup quarterback. Like, he has the best job in the world, man. He takes no no heat. It's basically his as long as he wants it. No, I'm not saying that he's going to fail necessarily as a head coach, but what I can't stand about the NFL, dude, is there are so many guys that it's so clear and obvious that they should be relegated to an offensive coordinator role, and then organizations try to turn them into head coaches. Like, Pat Shermer is not an NFL head coach. He's an offensive coordinator at best. And this happens over and over and over again. When you have a league where 20 to 25% of the head coaches are being turned over every single year, like, doesn't that say something like, we just jumped the gun and hired the wrong person? Like, There's too many hirings that get made in this league because the NFL has such a sped up process of, well, we have to hire our guy by the first or second week of January so we could get ahead on... You know, building out the staff and then getting ready for the, the draft coming up in, in April. It's like, dude, get the right fucking guy and stop spending four days deciding who's the gonna who's gonna be the face of your franchise next. <laughs> I it's so funny you say that. I um I I almost feel that way about quarterbacks coming out in, in the draft, right? Like think about how many uh, franchise's fate would be changed if they had the number one pick when Luck came out, when Manning came out, when, you know, name your guy, right? It just so happened Tampa had it when Winston came out. It just so happened Tennessee had two when Winston came out instead of, or when uh, Mariota came out, right? Like every, like, in a Luck could have been on Tampa. Um, I mean, go down the line of number one overall picks, right? You can make this case for anything, but it's just so... I feel like number one picks, or, or when teams have number one picks, they force the quarterback they make themselves seem, you know, more sold on the guy than they are just because it's a positional need rather than waiting, taking the best available and just saying, we don't, that's not our guy. They just make emotional decisions. A lot of times, like a lot of things just get sensationalized. Coaches will get sensationalized for a good year that they had, or the same thing with players coming out of college guys get overhyped all the time. It's, it's a lot of the same stuff every single year, just with a different set of names. Guys getting overhyped, man. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this disaster of a Philadelphia Eagles team. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. How do you lose 31 Ooh. or 37 31 to this Miami team? Oh, well, first off, relating to sports books, uh, that killed so many teasers this week. The Eagles and the Panthers are both involved in a lot of teasers. So, and a lot of people listening here probably got burned by the Eagles. But, dude, what a disaster. Um, like, no defensive fight in that second half whatsoever. You go up 14. Miami, by the way, gift-wrapped the Eagles that game on top of the Eagles having that lead because to start the second half, the Dolphins onside kicked, 
and the Eagles recovered it. So the Eagles had 40 yards to go before they scored another touchdown. And to lose that game, and then for Doug Peterson afterwards to say that the Dolphins wanted the game a little bit more, like, how many chances are the Cowboys going to give you? Like, the Cowboys are gift-wrapping the Eagles a chance to win a very watered-down NFC East, and the Eagles just don't want it and can't figure it out, even though they're getting healthier. It, it's just not working out. I'm looking at the NFC East right now. The division leading Cowboys, six and six, Philadelphia, five and seven. The joke, dude. <laughs> the fucking joke. Like with what? Four games left. Dallas has a commanding three game league at six and six. What does that tell you, man? That's insane to me. Redskins Redskins are still not mathematically eliminated, which is insane. The Eagles schedule the last four games, dude, if <laughs> if they have the Giants twice. The Eagle, uh, they play the Redskins, and then they play home versus the Cowboys. They still have a chance to make this playoff. It, it, they have every chance in the world. I, I really don't know what to make of it. There's, o- there's usually a team at least once every two years in the NFL where in December they're hovering right around 500. They have a lot of talent, but they're underachieving, and then they go on a run and go into the playoffs and they get hot. Dallas has all the makings of that with how much talent that they have. But Jason Garrett keeps doing what Jason Garrett's doing, and the pressure keeps mounting and mounting. The Cowboys are not going to stop spinning their wheels. So I'm curious to see how this entire division unfolds because it is a shit show right now. Let's talk about this Pats game before we break into that, some of these division odds, because what you just said kind of light bulb moment for me, and I want to see kind of where you think the value lies, man. But do you have anything on this Houston Pats game? Um, look, this this kind of went against everything. I, I feel like this is being overblown. Uh, at the end of the day, the Pats are 10-2, and two, and I'm seeing articles that this is the worst Pats team we've seen in 10 years. Um, I, I, I'm not getting where they're getting this kind of opinion from. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not on the defensive side of the ball because – their defense is the best that it's been in what? Ten, ten the, years, uh, twelve the, years. I almost, I almost said the Eli year. Jesus Christ! Yeah, since the sixteen, since the Harrison, the, since oh seven, yeah, since yeah. So, really, what it boils down to is the offensive side, receivers getting separation, and them figuring things out. Look, maybe right now the way that they look, yeah, their offense does not look good at all. Brady has miscommunication with some of the young receivers. He was barking at Philip Dorsett and Jacoby Myers because they're not getting his signals and and they're not on the same page. But how fitting would it be then for New England? And nobody should be surprised at this if they're saving schemes and plays for January when the playoffs do come around. And by the time you have Mohamed Sanu there at that point for two months, you have this Dorsett and Myers hopefully get on page with Brady. And then you have Nikhil Harry back from injury and hopefully in rhythm with Brady. Like it's also not ridiculous to say, all right, by the time January comes, they could be clicking and the run game could get better. And, you know, they'll figure out an identity that works for them. Maybe not as explosive as they were when they had Gronk, but something that fits them and where you might have to say, okay, New England's got to hold teams below 23 points to win, but they could do it. Yeah, look, man, until you prove me wrong, I just, I don't get it. I want to get into these uh, division odds right. as we were talking about kind of the playoff picture just because I think there's some crazy value out there, man. I, I really do. All right, better bet from you. To win the NFC East, 
Eagles plus 190, Cowboys minus 240. I would take a stab with the Eagles plus 190 because I think they should win those three cupcake games and it'll come down to uh, their game versus Dallas, more or less. They'll they'll be tied one and one if they win that and you're not going to get Eagles at plus 190 in that game. Dude, this is insane to me. The Rams to win the NFC West, 500 to one. Seahawks minus 125, 49ers even. Insane. Why? Who do you like? I, are the Rams like one game away from being mathematically eliminated from winning the division? That just seems incredibly. They're what? Three games back, four to go. Like, yeah, I get it. But 500 they're to seven one. They're five. Yeah. So what are they? Hold on. Let me pull it. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking when I when you said it, I was thinking in my head plus five hundred. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't. No, no it 500 makes way to more one. sense. Yeah, five. Yeah, seven no, five. it makes way more sense that they're plus five thousand. Yeah, seven and five. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, with with how much, yeah, I, they're they're pretty much toast, and they lose the the tiebreakers to uh, San Francisco, and they lost to Seattle earlier. Yeah. Do you have the stones to take the Bills seven to one, one game back? I mean, I think it's worth a little bit of a shot. I just, I yeah, it's, I, I just, I think it's worth a a little bit of a dart, but I, I wouldn't expect for it to come through. I would be betting that if I did, saying, all right, I'm betting on them beating New England in that one game, and me basically playing like a seven to one money line play there. Yeah, Um, Titans plus three fifty to win their division. Colts eighteen to one. Texans minus four hundred now. Colts, dude, if they get healthy, there's so much value on the Colts. Like the Colts should be seven and five right now. First off, we go back to that week one game where Vinatieri cost them the game. They've dealt with so many injuries. No TY, no Marlon Mack, no Ebron. They're a two way team. They're a complete football team. If they get TY back, like I feel like playoff futures on the Colts right now are where it's at. Let me see. So Titans. Titans have two games with Houston, dude. Titans at plus 350. I mean, I guess yeah, you could probably, yeah. I mean, two games, but if they win, they got Oakland at Oakland, Texans, Saints, Texans. Yeah. I mean, look, if they win those two games against Texans, Texans fall somewhere, that, uh, that Titans future, and you don't hear me say that very often, but uh, plus 350, probably one of the best values on the board. But let's flip on over yeah. to college, man. It was, um, we had the Able, um, as we looked up and down kind of what happened last week as we enter kind of championship Saturday, this is kind of what we thought it would. It just, this matchup in the Pac-12 as we start really has kind of lost its luster with, with Oregon shooting themselves in the foot as they do. But yeah, before we get there, man, anything that kind of stuck out to you on the board last week? I mean, Ohio State absolutely running over Michigan. You got to fire Harbaugh in my opinion. I don't care what anybody says. Um, keeping him, would you keep him if you were the AD there? I think you have to let him go at this point because it, it's just it's the same thing over and over that this is the year that Michigan's going to Isn't Harbaugh Jason Garrett? Ohio State. College version of Jason Garrett. That's how I look at him. I guess so. But, but dude, I don't – Shea Patterson's not a, a very good quarterback. Like, how could you expect Shea Patterson to beat Ohio State? Because he thought he was getting Joe Burrow. That like see that to me is where Michigan's season was over before it started is thinking that Shea Patterson is a quarterback that's gonna get you the national championship. Like they they it was clear as day last year that Shea Patterson was not a top five quarterback in the country who was gonna lead your team. Like 
I don't know. I, yeah, I think you do have to get rid of Harbaugh at this point, but at, at the same time, I think there needs to be an expectation of maybe Michigan's just not as good as Ohio State. Michigan's not going to be a national champion. And just accept the fact that they're a good top 10 team, and that's it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on it, man. They never got by, they never got by Ohio State that's why he's Harbaugh J- got That's there. why so, he's Jason Garrett. Yeah, but... Mm, well, this, this argument won't work with you because... Quarterback, you think Alma Dak Prescott. You think Dak Prescott is the Shea Patterson in the NFL? But he's had quarterback. Dak Prescott's a little better than that. But it was his system. He could have. He could recruit a quarterback. He could change his offensive yes. system. He's the head coach, so do it. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, yeah. In terms of comparing Patterson's the pressure two, that, that both guys, Patterson's been there what two, three years now. Um, two years. Yeah. So two what's years. the excuse before that? He didn't have a quarterback. We'll go fucking recruit one. Yeah. It's Michigan. It's Jim Harbaugh. You got Jordan uniforms. What kid doesn't want to go wear Jordan on Sundays? What's his name? Um, yep. Oh, dude, Stanford Steve had a great, great take on this. And he was like, I don't know what it is, but when I see kids like uh, in the Jordan brand, they just lose that like hunger. It's just all about the swag. It's all about the style. It, it was a diva. Yeah, like it was a stuff. funny take, but like it's it's kind of got a little bit of, of truth to it. Real. Yeah. Is Jordan Brand cursed no, in the that. college football ranks? Who else? I think North Carolina obviously has it. Not good. Just Michigan, right? I don't know, but no, that's an interesting take. Definitely holds some weight. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Um, uh, Alabama, bro. We got to talk about this. Uh, man, I can't wait to fade Alabama in a meaningless bowl they don't care about. That's that's yep. that's kind of my takeaway. Um, yep, 100%. Get anything else? That's kind of all this meant to me. Uh, yeah, it showed you how weak Alabama's defense was this year compared to other years. I, I don't know how people were lining up to take Alabama in this game. I, I mean, I know there was some wacky stuff that happened in this game, but you had backup quarterback going up against a really good defense. And, you know, but the the big weakness for Auburn, Bo Nix going up against, you know, not such a great Alabama defense. So I don't know. I didn't touch this game, but I, I was glad I stayed away from it. I was not surprised that Alabama lost. Uh, I was on Alabama, and I'm going to tell you why. By no means was it a big play or or this or that. I just, when you have equity in a team, much like the Patriots, until you prove me wrong, you're going to give me basically less than a field goal, basically a pick em game. Fair. Um, I'm going to, again, you can lose many times betting against a streak and, and only once betting on it, right? So um, I had I, what I felt that equity built up in that Alabama team, and I would do it every single time, you know, until they um, kind of showed me that they weren't who they were. And, and that's what they did, and I am totally fine with that L. I'll own that L, tip my cap to Auburn. Uh, finally getting over that hump. Uh, I just felt that the equity was there and there was too much value because I've seen worse quarterbacks, I don't say worse, but just as bad, <laughs> um, you know, do what they had to do to win games in Alabama. So um, that was my thought uh, process. On no, it. I mean, I, I don't blame you at all, man. I mean, it's it's like, you know, it's like betting the Warriors against the Raptors until the Warriors lose and get proven, uh, you know, wrong. You take the Warriors and then, you know, sometimes when that happens, you, you have to, you know, eat, eat some L's uh, to an underdog that, that comes up. But yeah, I totally get it. 
Let's break into this upcoming week. But before we do that, man, they have one of the most stacked UFC cards upcoming in a long time. People are going to be looking to get in on the action, both NFL upcoming, college football, and of course, aforementioned UFC. That is mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, they'll match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you're going to get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use the promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that is promo code SGP to get your extra cash from my bookie where you play win and get paid we're also brought to you by ace per head if you've ever thought of starting your own sports book ace per head is here to show you how with the best customer service in the industry all you got to do is go to aceperhead.com slash sgp and if you're anything like me you need this vpn in your life that is express vpn here's how it works the nba offers the nba league pass which let you streams game online but if you live in the u.s or canada it doesn't let you watch all of them you get blacked out right not when you have express vpn nobody knows where you're coming from and even if you're not watching the nba you can use it across everything okay hackers you could use it for crypto you could play dfs from a site that it does not have so go to expressvpn.com all right, man, man, let's dig into this championship Sunday in the NFL, or in the NFL, yeah, almost there, man. College football, let's start in that Pac-12 game. Um, Utah lane six and a half. This one lost a lot of the luster as we talked about. Um, man, I wish this was a more important game because I'm a big fan of Utah. I've said this from the beginning. Um, this is, you know, the Bible of college football. This is Phil Steele's surprise team. This is his baby. This is the reason a lot of people piggybacked on that and jumped on it. Um, what's your take against them or on them laying six and a half? I like Utah in this game. I think, you know, with the incentive for them to try to impress the committee and run the score up, uh, there, there definitely lies the possibility of them being up a score and, 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 you know, pushing to get that 14 point lead or 17 point lead. Um, Oregon. Yeah. You know, they're going to play in the same bowl game, essentially, whether they win or lose this game. I think Oregon got so much speed, the defensive front so good. And if Herbert looks anything like the way he looked in that game versus Arizona state, this Utah defense will confuse him. And this game's the late game. What's it, what's going to be interesting here is Utah is going to be able to see what Oklahoma actually no, Oklahoma's playing. Oh, wow, that's it. Oklahoma's playing the next day, and Georgia and LSU are playing the next day. So Utah's going to have to really – wow, Utah's going to have to leave no doubt in this game because they don't know what's going to happen with that Oklahoma game. If they're going to blow out Baylor, just get by Baylor. So Utah's going to have to leave it all on the field. I, I, I like Utah in this game. Yeah, Um this total feels incredibly light. I wouldn't try to worry about Oregon. I think the Utah team total over um, is the way. Not that I think the Oregon's going to lay down the Pac-12 championship game. I just, like you said, their their fate is kind of sealed. Utah has a primetime game where the committee's not asleep on a, a Pac-12 after dark, right? They, they're they finally in primetime, show what they have. That's If you want to talk motivation factor, Utah has all of it in the world. Moving on to Saturday. Baylor and Oklahoma, man, we get another rematch, what, second time in three weeks? How do you not take Baylor yeah. again? I like Baylor, too. And, look, as long as Baylor didn't have that hangover the following week after they lost to Oklahoma, they're still playing hard. They're still in rhythm. Yeah, I like I like Baylor in this game. Um, Oklahoma's defense has not been impressive all season. I don't see how that changes this late in the season. 
I'll grab every point that I can with Baylor. Yeah, I'm I'm stabbing on that money line as well. Um, yep. This uh, Lafayette up App State game in the fun belt, man. Total go over 56. I really don't care if it wins or loses. That one is going to fly over that total in my mind. I got no take on this. I haven't seen App State in about a month, so I defer to you there. Yeah, this neither team wants to play defense. If you watched their game last week, um, meaning Lafayette, it was the same thing. Their first half over is on an incredible run as well. Let's talk about marquee matchups, man. We have been sitting here saying how long we want to bet on Georgia against LSU. This total at 54 and a half. Under, under, under all day and give me Georgia plus seven and a half until they won't take any more. Yeah. Yeah, and LSU's coming off uh, a game they exhausted a lot versus AM. That was a, a circled game for a very long time. Not to say that this isn't a circled game, but LSU really stepped on the gas and, and got up for that AM game. So, uh, yeah, Georgia's defense really clicking ever since that, that scare. Uh, I, I shouldn't say scare, since the loss for South Carolina. Different team. So, yeah, points with Georgia here. Look into your crystal ball, my friend. I'm going to give you a scenario. Utah wins 52-0. Georgia loses 21-20. Oklahoma, nope, I'm going to say Baylor wins 49-42. Who the hell gets in? Utah. What if Oklahoma beats Baylor? Utah Utah should still get in. if If Utah wins a blowout Friday night, Utah should be the fourth team. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I still think Oklahoma will probably get in. Utah should be the one that gets in. What if Georgia beats LSU? Georgia's going to get it. No, no, what happens to LSU? LSU will go to third, and then you'll have – it'll be Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, Georgia. Uh. And then you'll have – so it'll be LSU and Clemson as the 2-3 game in Ohio State versus Georgia. Mm. Yep. And then either Baylor or then Utah looking out or looking from the outside, however that saying goes. Yeah. Yeah. I really, man, be... I really want to see this team get in. I've watched them a couple of times this year, man. That defensive line is fast. <laughs> uh, if they were in a power – like if they were in a big conference – if they weren't stuck in the Pac-12, they'd be getting raved about as a like. I I, just, I hate that narrative too. When it's like, oh, just because they play in a weaker conference, let's let's not consider them worthy of of being a good team. Like, it's not in their control who they play. They just, you know, it's just a matter of how hard they play and how much they smack these teams that they play in front of them. Is this as simple as if LSU beats Georgia, Utah's in? I think it is, right? No, because if Oklahoma has an impressive game, yeah, the committee's going to give the nod to Oklahoma. Ugh. Yeah, you're all right. So I don't know about that, man. The committee wants Oklahoma in so badly. Because, well, they're, you don't have the two ruining, Hertz match. And this is what, and, and, and is this valid? W- would you factor that into your bet on Baylor and Oklahoma on Saturday saying, look, the committee wants Oklahoma in? I don't know if the, the, it would affect the nine points, but you know calls, agenda, et cetera, will shade towards Oklahoma if, if there is one. Let's talk about that. All right. Which one of these is most appealing to you? Georgia? You know what their number is to win it all right now? What do you think it is? Uh... 16 to 1? 14 to 1. 
Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. Utah, 40 to 1. Baylor, 100 to 1. There's no way Baylor can get in. I don't think. No, Baylor's not getting in. If Baylor, Baylor beats is, Oklahoma would, and LSU runs track over Georgia, why not? And if Utah, if Utah, if Utah loses, yeah, no, Baylor's not getting in. Baylor what would pay more then? Oregon money, because if you backtrack that, you make a three teamer, right? So you do Oregon money line, Baylor money line, and LSU money line, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting plus eight and a half money line, plus seven and a half money line. You're looking like that's a pretty big payday, man. That might be more. No, because you're getting a hundred to one on. Oh, that's that's just to get in, actually. Yeah. So, but you have two more games to hedge it. Eh, I think if you like Baylor instead of taking that, the way that Baylor gets in is you run a Baylor, Oregon, and LSU money line parlay. That's your correlation to Baylor getting in. You need you need Georgia to lose. You need yeah, Georgia to lose and and Utah to lose. Yeah, that makes sense. And still, I I still don't even see though how bad. Like, I feel like because of that Baylor loss. So who mm. who would get? So who's the eight then? Oh, Wisconsin. Nope. So you have to drop down. Who's the nine? Like you could. There's no way that a nine ten. I don't even know who that is. But let let me look. So you're talking Florida, they're not getting in at nine. Penn State no at way. ten. Auburn eleven. No. Alabama twelve. Like you could really No. Man, it, it, that's what it is. It, it's if Baylor beats Oklahoma, you're there's a path for Florida in anarchy. Oh god. I know. Because Ohio State, right? You figure they're gonna run over Wisconsin. If Baylor beats Oklahoma, they're in. If Utah loses the whole thing that we just did, but yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it, this is who you have to choose from, right? Wisconsin, who's going to lose to Ohio state. You have Florida as the next team at nine. Your sec title game is going to eliminate LSU or Georgia. You're looking at a two loss sec, Florida, unless you want to take a two loss Penn state or a three loss Auburn. I feel like Penn state would get the nod over Florida. That is a wild scenario. I don't even think they have odds on those teams. I it mean, never the chances happens. of those happening. Yeah, like, it never happens, but yeah. um, Utah 40 to one, man. I think Utah and Baylor are two teams you take a flyer on because either Utah, Oklahoma, or Baylor get in. By in, oh, and, and, if Utah, and if Utah gets in, like just the, the way that the fan base will be for them rallying around the travel, everything, like, it's it's a once in a lifetime type of experience for that program, so it'll just be a different type of energy for them and and playing the Cinderella type role. Yeah, oh, that's crazy, man. We just we just gave Florida a path to national title, by the way. <laughs> uh, NFL, my friend, what do we have on the docket that you like this week upcoming? This these um, I feel like everything is maybe overreaction due to the primetime slate of games that we had. Um, you know, Buffalo man is is Buffalo for real or not? Who knows? But yet you have Dallas Lane three on the road to Chicago in primetime coming up tomorrow on Thursday, December fifth. Total sitting at a forty. First half under. Yeah. Yeah, 
I know you like this one too. First half under 21 tomorrow. Bears, the last six games, offense is averaging 4.8 points per game in the first half. Dallas first quarter under 11 and 1 on the road is another aspect of yeah. that as well that I would yeah. be on. I'm, I'm probably going to have to double down, play this under first quarter and first half, even though I don't particularly like doing that in this game. I don't see how it really starts off offensively. Let's look at the what the hell line of the week, and that is the Saints laying two and a half at home against San Francisco, given their heart and soul. Is this just a letdown spot for San Fran? No, I actually think that San Fran was sort of pacing themselves for this game. Um, Shanahan held out Matt Burita last week, and, and he said he could have played, but he wanted him to be fully healthy for the Saints game. And so last week was the game out of conference for them, road game, less significant for them than this game in New Orleans. So I don't think it's a letdown at all. Um I, I I don't I, I don't know what to make out of each side. I don't know. I think it'll be. I, I think there's not much margin either way. I can't see the Saints pulling away by a comfortable margin, but I wouldn't back San Francisco and New Orleans. So I think it'll be a pretty tight game. Yeah, I'm trying to find to make playoffs. The only one up right now, Oakland, nine to one to make the playoffs. All right. Um, let's look at some MVP odds right now. It's got to be. So Wilson plus three fifty. What do we think Lamar's down to? Minus four hundred off that performance. Oof. <laughs> Man, I, we said this last week, but nobody heard it. That is, that will haunt me forever. That is such a play that I would normally make on that guy because of what we talked about. How there was only two options: the floor, or the ceiling. Yeah, boomer bust. Yeah. No, great, great call. Uh, what other game sticks out to you, man? I want to give you the floor. Um, well, obviously the New England Kansas City game is going to be really interesting, and you know you're betting games in Foxborough. To me, that there's two coaches that I, the only two coaches that I would ever bet on in Gillette, and that's Andy Reid and John Harbar. Uh, I'm leaning towards Kansas City in this game. I don't want it to be a recency bias type thing from seeing what New England did versus Houston. Uh, but uh, new, to me, look, and I don't think it's doomsday for New England yet. We were talking earlier that I don't think it's the end of the world for New England. But to me, if New England's going to save schemes and hide plays, they're not going to show it in the first week of December. They're going to wait for it and save it for January when they potentially play the Ravens or the Chiefs again. So I think this game here, Kansas City playing against a run game that hasn't been going that well. If Kansas Kansas City could put up 27 against anybody, um, I don't know if New England right now is is going to keep up. Uh, so yeah, lean Chiefs. Pats off a loss. Do you have that trend? Because I know that. Yeah. What is it? Ooh, that's a good angle. Yeah. Um, I don't have the number directly in front of me, but I believe it's. I think they're 48 and 9 straight up off a loss since 2003. Now, let's also go back to the last time that I used this. I think you were on this game with me too. Then we're laying four versus the Eagles after the loss to the Ravens. They barely covered that game, though. They squeaked by it. So, is this a case where we have to look at the current state of the Patriots right now, personnel wise, or do we put more merit into the trend? 
I think you put more merit uh, into the trend. I'm looking it up right now. Patriots after eight. Fair. Um, come on. Um, all right. So one day ago, Pats minus three at Chiefs. Tom Brady is 29 and three, 90.6% against the spread after a loss as either an underdog or one favored by less than a touchdown. That's a little bit uh, next level, uh, but it certainly applies here. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's tough to go against. Um, you know, I'm curious to see, though. I feel like the Chiefs have the talent on defense to make a December run. Like, Spagnola, when he was with New York, that defense was so mediocre for so, for three-quarters of the season. And in December, they turned it on, and then January, they made a run. I'm just, I, I don't know if it's more sentimental for me as a Giants fan, but... I do feel like Spagnola has it in him with it. Like the, and the Chiefs do have enough defensive talent, like Chris Jones getting healthier, Tyron Matthew. There's pieces on that team. So I don't know. Like it, They've been playing better the last two weeks, granted versus lesser competition. This is such a big game. If, if the Chiefs are really going to – if there's going to be a change in the guard in the AFC, this is such a statement game for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, curious to see how they come out on the road. Yeah, like I said, man, until you prove me wrong. This is Alabama. I'll take my L, but I got to go New England in that spot. I wanted to ask you because I feel like this yeah. is pretty funny. I hate when people say this, but I'm going to do it. If the playoffs started now, you have the Chiefs as the four going up against Buffalo, the five. Are they a double-digit underdog in the playoffs, Buffalo? No. No, I think that line should be – I think that line would be nine. I think it should be – Six and a half. Oh my God, we're so you're a Buffalo Bills believer, huh? I would put, I make it like because they have a good defense. Good look, good defense and good coaching. And I don't, I don't put as much stock into Josh Allen when defense is holding teams to twenty three points or lower. Yeah, no, that's fair, man, for sure. Anything else that sticks out on you uh, for this upcoming NFL slate before we get out of here, my friend? Man, this Pittsburgh team in an up and down I love NFL the duck. month for me. Dude, Pittsburgh has been so good to me this year. Eight and two against the spread since Big Ben got hurt. Now, I don't know if this is a spot to back him because they just had a really big win over division rival. They were waiting for that game versus Cleveland. Now they go cross country to Arizona. The line value is all is not with Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's either going to keep rolling here or they're going to come out flat off this Cleveland. Like it's it's going to be more. I think this is a game where you take alternate spreads. You either t- if you like Arizona, I think uh, I think you take Arizona minus two and a half for an alternate spread. And same thing with Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh if they cover minus two and a half, I would take Pittsburgh as an alternate line minus three and a half as well. Yeah, you could play around with some six and a half too. Um, I'm with you on mm-hmm. that, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a fan of the duck, but what's your take on Kyler Murray as yeah. you look over his season body of work? Oh, I think he's been great this year. I think uh, I think the Cardinals have been competitive in a lot of games that I didn't expect them to be. They got better. Last week was kind of crazy. I think they just caught the Rams at a really bad time. Rams angry, getting embarrassed versus the Ravens. But better coach team with Arizona than I was really expecting this year. Yeah, they'll they'll figure it out, man. Um, best bet, mm-hmm. where do you want to go for kind of a consensus? You want to go with that first half under on Thursday night, Dallas and Chicago? I like it. Yeah, I, re- I, really, I really like that first half under. All right, let's do it. Dallas, Chicago, first half under. I'll throw in first quarter under on my end as well, man. Um, anything else before we get out of here? People find you, all that type of stuff, bro. 
find me at Spread Investor. Uh, put out about six to ten bets per weekend, college and NFL. And yeah, that's it, man. Just looking to put a couple winners on the board this weekend. Let's do it, my friend. Again, as always, please rate, subscribe, and review five stars on iTunes on the new Inside Vegas feed. We will be back here with you same time on this specific feed. Good luck this from or good luck this week, my friend. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.